Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Why don't you grab your Bibles and meet me in the book of Romans chapter 8. We're going to kind of camp at verse 26 and talk about this verse today. And let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. As we jump into your word today, let your Holy Spirit help us with understanding it. And also let your Holy Spirit really help us with our prayer life and let us learn to lean on him more. Thank you, O God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray and we all say, amen. Praise the Lord. And yes, my friends, as you can see, I'm greeting you today from my hotel room here in Netanya, Israel. We're about 45 minutes north of Tel Aviv. And uh, tomorrow morning we head out and we're going to go further north up the coast to Caesarea by the sea where the Apostle Paul was once kept in prison. And then we will cut inward and we'll go up to the top of Mount Carmel where the prophet Elijah had his epic encounter with the power of God coming down and that power being displayed to the children of Israel. And then we'll continue on tomorrow and go to Nazareth, the place where Jesus grew up as a young boy and as a young man. Then we'll turn further inward and we'll go into the area of the Sea of Galilee and we'll be there for about three days traveling all over that very beautiful, peaceful, and special area. But I'm so glad that you're joining me today. I would like to begin by reading from Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Now today, I want you to understand that in the area of prayer, we can have many weaknesses. There can be many uh, areas of information that we don't know. We can be praying about something and maybe we think we have all of the data, but we may have only 5% of it. <laughs> maybe we have wrong information. <laughs> there are so many things about prayer uh, where we are, as humans, we're just very limited, but the Holy Spirit is not. And he really does want to help us in our weaknesses in these areas. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Now that's incredible. We don't know what we should pray for in the way that we should pray. Now it doesn't say that we don't know how to pray. Because we pray to the Father God in the name of Jesus. So it's not an issue of knowing how to pray. It's mainly an issue of what are we supposed to pray about? Are we actually targeting the right thing? Or are we pursuing something that may not even be God's will? Are we even praying in a way that's actually against what God would desire? My friends, it's very easy to get over into an area of what I would call selfish prayers. We would never do it intentionally. We wouldn't mean to go that direction, but it is so easy to start going in the direction that we want or what we desire instead of wanting God's best for our lives or even for someone else's. Woo, praise God. We want to talk about these things today. Again, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but... The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So there is a place of praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, and there are times when the Holy Spirit can take a hold of you 
and uh, help you as you're praying that your prayer even goes over into an area of groanings, which is an expression. I, I would call it like an utterance that cannot be spoken out in articulated speech. It's just groanings, like a deep groaning. And that can only really happen when the Holy Spirit just comes along and helps you. By the way, that word helps. The Holy Spirit helping you to pray, helping you in your weaknesses. The word helps is the same word that would be used to assist someone uh, to move something. For example, I have the tripod with my camera on top sitting on a table. But if I were to try to move the table by myself, it's, it's too heavy. So if I were to get help, somebody else could help come along, pick the table up from the heavy part. I can get the other part and then we can do it together. But it's the exact same thing in your prayer life. The Holy Spirit, he will come along and help you pray because so often we just don't know everything that we need to know. Praise God. And he will help you. He will give you that strength. Now, we still have to do the praying, but he will take us into the area of what I would call accuracy. You know, when you begin to pray in the Spirit and you start praying strong, that anointing for fervency, the spirit of prayer, the anointing of prayer will take you into fervency. And you can be praying real strong, real bold prayers, but even more important than fervency is accuracy. Does that make sense? You want to pray accurately because you could be very fervent. You could be in North Carolina and you fervently desire to drive to California. And you start driving and you start off going west. And so you're going in the right direction. But for whatever reason, you end up uh, uh, start going south. And you're going south and somebody might say, you're going the wrong way. But you could say, well, I, I'm very fervent about going this direction. You keep on going and you end up in Florida. <laughs> so you can be very fervent, but you're not accurate. So you want to combine fervency and accuracy together so that your prayer life is very effective and that you're praying along the will of God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! There is something about praying in the Spirit and uh, letting the Holy Spirit help you cover the areas of prayer that need to be covered because you can cover the basics. You can pray uh, the Lord's Prayer and you could go uh, through all of those headings within the Lord's Prayer. But, you know, there could be some other specialized areas that God wants you to be praying on. And if you'll just continue to hang out with the Lord, keep praying to the Lord, keep praying to the Father in the name of Jesus, what will happen is that the Holy Spirit will begin to take hold. He will begin to help you lift. He will begin to war, uh, support you and work with you to get on the track. Or you could say, like, get on the scent. If you had a, a bloodhound dog and he's trying to track something, if he picks up the scent, he is going to follow it all the way to uh, its destination. But we have to be like that also. We have to get on the trail, get on the scent, and go in the direction of prayer that God wants us to go in and eliminate selfish prayers or, worse than that, actually praying and asking God for something that he doesn't want us to have. Wow. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, my friends, that might, that might sound kind of crazy to say that a Christian can be praying and even desiring something of God that they don't want, but it's not 
it's not hard to get over into that area where you're going in the direction of what you want instead of the direction of what is God's best for your life. You know, years back, I sat down with Dr. Wade Taylor and he told me some very interesting stories uh, that helped me understand God, how could I say, going after God's best. When Dr. Taylor graduated from Bible college and he received training in ministry, he wanted to go to Philadelphia and open up a church there. And he felt God had something else for him, but he wasn't really praying through on that. So he loaded up his car with everything he had and he headed off to Philadelphia. And he's getting closer and closer to Philadelphia. And as he got, and he, didn't have, he had it all planned out. He was going to go rent a uh, large storefront location. He was going to open a church there and, uh, you know, start a good work there. And he was very excited about it. But as he got closer to Philadelphia, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said these words, for the stubbornness of your heart, I will let you go to Philadelphia and you can start a church there and I will bless it. But it's not the best that I have for you. My best for you is for you to go to Pinecrest. And Dr. Taylor told me that it was so strong, it was so powerful that he just, you know, he stopped and he completely turned the car around and went in the direction that he did not want to go. He sensed in his heart that God had something for him up there, something big, but that's not what he wanted to do. He didn't, uh, he wanted for him what was fun or what was exciting, what was moving him was uh, wanting to go to Philadelphia and start a church. You know, we can all have maybe certain pulls or certain natural things that we would desire, but thank the Lord that he yielded to the Holy Spirit and he went up to New York uh, got involved in Pinecrest and ended up becoming, as he knew he would because the Holy Spirit told him, ended up becoming the president uh, and the owner of that phenomenal property and uh, ran that Bible college for many, many years that uh, saw many people raised up in ministry. But, you know, he didn't really want to go there, but it's what God wanted. And, you know, Jesus said, if you'll lose your life, you'll find it. You'll find what? You'll find the life that God has for you. So once you start stepping into that, you realize how true that really is. But the flip side is that you also realize how easily we can even pray for something and ask God for something that's not even God's will. We could be wanting to go in the direction that's not God's direction for our life. So the Holy Spirit, he will come along and he will help you to stay on the trail. Woo! Praise God. Uh, I have a son-in-law son-in-law and he really likes to hike and he's he's hiked the Appalachian Trail not the whole thing at once but different parts of it and every year he'll walk a very long stretch of it with his backpack and uh, his water and all of that stuff and uh, it's quite it's quite an endurance challenge but the thing is you have to stay on the trail you you have to get on the trail and stay on the trail if you get off the trail you didn't really walk it <laughs> Some of you, bless your hearts, maybe you've struggled to get on that trail or that set calling that God has for you. But I'm telling you, as you become uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, as you pray in the Holy Spirit, not for five minutes or seven minutes, but as you pray in the Holy Spirit for 30 minutes or for an hour, you'll get on that trail 
And then the Holy Spirit will start to help. He'll start to come alongside, uh, like, lip, like lifting the table, helping to move something that you couldn't move by yourself. And now your prayers are energized, not only with fervency, but also with accuracy. Praise God. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. God's going to really help you to achieve tremendous accuracy in your prayer life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, it is possible for a believer to persist in wanting their own way or their own will and even bugging God about it. Maybe you have a prayer life, but the prayer life is selfish-based. And you can continue to bug God. You know, like initially, God could say, no, that's not my best for you. But you can continue to bug God, give God a hard time to, to, to there's a point where God says, okay, go ahead and do your own thing. Uh, and that's a, that's a different part of God, a different side of God that not everybody has realized. But it's very, very much scriptural. Let me uh, share a few verses with you. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. And they wanted a king so bad. And the Lord was already reigning over them as a king, but they wanted the king like all the other nations had. So they told Samuel, hey, we don't want God's plan. We want our plan. We want a king. And Samuel's like, no, you don't want a king. And they're like, yes, we do want a king. And so he goes and talks to the Lord about it and knows this is not good. And the Lord, of course, said, they're rejecting me. Wow, praise the Lord. My friends, there can be these inward drives, these uh, maybe even ambitions but if they are selfish ambitions, they will end up uh, putting us in a place, if we achieve them, that uh, will prove just how vain it is to not give God our best, to not give the Lord uh, everything that he purchased us uh, on behalf. I mean, he shed his blood and he, he bought us. He purchased us. It's not like really we even have rights. <laughs> so when the Lord says, this is my plan for you, we shouldn't say, well, Lord, I've got some other options. Can we uh, meet in the middle? No, we should go ahead and uh, go after God's best. You know, Samuel even tried to explain to the children of Israel that if you get a king, these are all the silly things that you're going to have to put up with. And he even named some of them. Like verse 13, he will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. So if he wants to grab your daughter out of your house and say, hey, I need her to come bake some bread over here, you couldn't do anything about it. Verse 12, he will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. Will set some to plow his ground. That doesn't sound like fun. And reap his harvest. And some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. And he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain. That doesn't include the tenth that you owe God, the tithe that goes to God. Now the king is going to take a tenth. And he will take your male servants and your female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys, and put them to his work. Wow. He will take a tenth of your sheep. <laughs> so Samuel's like, you don't want to do this. And they said, no, that's what we want. <laughs> they, they wanted this thing. They, 
what is uh, one of the definitions of wisdom? The ability to anticipate a consequence. And sometimes we think that we can anticipate the way this is going to turn out, but actually we just want it. We don't even really care how it's going to turn out. That's what we want. Uh, and whatever happens, we don't care. We'll deal with it later. <laughs> that never, ever goes well in the Bible. Praise the Lord. And it didn't go well for the Israelites. Verse 19 uh, actually, verse 18, and you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. See, that's what happens oftentimes. We want it our way, and we're going to pray a, a selfish prayer, and eventually God just says, okay, go ahead and do your thing then. And then we get into it, and then it's a mess, and then we're like, God, get us out of it. But God's not, he's not there to answer the prayer. <laughs> we're like, what happened? <laughs> So we want to go slow and look, you want to, you want the Holy Spirit to help you with your prayer life. You desperately want the Holy Spirit to override anything that's not of God, anything that's actually not even God's best. You want to go for God's best. Even plan C or D is enough to cause misery and agony in your life. But plan A, God's gold standard, that's what you want. And that's what you need to move towards with all of your heart. And that's what you need to pray towards. And you might think, well, Pastor Steve, I, I don't know. I, can't, I haven't picked up the trail. Then you need to pray in the Spirit until you sense the presence of the Lord and until you sense the undergirding help of the Holy Spirit coming along and empowering you in your prayer life. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Well, they got a king, and initially it looked really good. I mean, he was real tall and handsome and everything that from a natural realm you, you could expect, hey, this is going to go good. But as we know, it turned out to be a complete, utter disaster. And boy, did they ever regret it. But it's too late. You're locked in now. You know, there's some things you can do. There's some contracts you sign. <laughs> you sign that contract. Wow. Now, uh, it's, it's some, some things you cannot walk out of. Sometimes there are some things you cannot backtrack out of. That's why if you're really asking God for something uh, and you're really uh, pursuing the Lord, you really need to know, hey, this is God's best this is God's plan for my life because you don't want anything in there messing that up that's not God's best. Praise the Lord. Psalm 106, verse 13, another very sobering scripture. They soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. And he gave them their request. Now, this is wild. This is a, this is a part of God that's, um, you don't want to push the Lord. You don't want to try the Lord. You want to just yield. You want to be like clay in the Lord's hand. And you want to not only say it, but you want to mean it. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And of course, that doesn't mean that's easy. But once you step into it, when it's God's best and you have a good heart, not a bad attitude, but a good heart, you really see, wow, thank God I did the right thing. 
This is where real living is actually at. This is where, where real joy is actually at. What's the opposite? What happens if you don't do that? What happens if you uh, refuse to yield to the Holy Spirit and you stay stubborn? And I, I'm talking about Christians. You stay stubborn and you demand your own thing. What happens? Well, it could be the very same thing that happened with the Israelites. He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Now you've got it. You finally got that thing. Hey, where's the presence of the Lord? Where did it go? Right? <laughs> well, there was an offense. You, you offended the Holy Spirit. And you said no to God's best. And now you've got this thing that's, that's um, uh, clogging up the engines. Now your spiritual life is... Uh, it's not what it used to be. What happened to the presence of the Lord? It's like it evaporated. And now suddenly, instead of being in a moist, well-watered place, you're in a place of dryness and barrenness. And you're like, what in the world happened? That wrong choice. And that's leanness of the soul. Mm -mm. Now, to some Christians, that might not mean too much. But when you've known the presence of the Lord, when you have known the intimate communion of God, there's nothing... There's nothing on the planet Earth that's more precious or valuable than that. So you never, ever want to lose that. You never, ever, 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 ever want to give that up for anything. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's take a look at another one. And there are many of these in Scripture. Genesis chapter 13. Genesis 13. Let's go to verse 8. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan. Now stop there just for a moment. It says that he saw. I need to ask some of you, not, there's not many of you, but there's a few of you. I need to ask you questions about why you're wanting to live in a certain place. Well, Pastor Stephen, I want to live there because it's, it's luxury. Pastor Stephen, I want to live there because it's beautiful. But what else is there? Have you examined the whole picture? What are the school systems like? What, what, uh, what's the religious atmosphere like or the spiritual atmosphere or is there one at all is there a church is there is there a way to be spiritually nourished what what does god what does god want you to live mm -mm. wow these things are very interesting just because you're offered young people just because you're offered a free scholarship for your scholarship to a secular university that doesn't mean that's where god wants you to go god might want you to go somewhere else and pay <laughs> right you go off to the four-year secular university and you come back an atheist so was that worth it was that worth it or are you going to be like lot who views everything in life by what he sees if it looks good that's that settles it for him he doesn't care about what god wants that's of no interest to Lot. <laughs> now, we know in Scripture, even in the New Testament, it says that Lot was a righteous man. 
So he, he, he's not a guy that celebrates wickedness. He's not a person that rejoices in evil. He wants to live right. So he is a righteous man. But don't kid yourself. Don't for a moment think that Lot was a holy man. Not a chance in the world. This is a man that is governed by his senses. This, this is a man that is governed by what he sees. And if it looks good, uh, tastes good or whatever, he's going in that direction uh, regardless of what God's choice would be. Now, Abraham's not like that. Totally different heart. Totally different uh, approach with God. He's actually a friend with God. But Lot, no, he's not on that level and does not want to be on that level. Matter of fact, it wasn't until Lot finally left <laughs> that the full revelation of blessing that God had for Abraham was actually revealed. Woo! So you want to make sure there's none of that Lot in you so that you surrender uh, your will to walk in God's best for your life. Because it influenced every decision he made, even where he lived. And let's think about what he did just for a moment by reading the rest of this. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. That means it had a golf course, right? It was well watered. Well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zoar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Wow. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. My friends, um, it's not like Lot didn't know. It's not like he was naive or he was not informed. Well, we understand they didn't have newspapers back then, that they didn't have the internet, but he knew what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody in that area of the world knew what was going on in those two cities. And he's going to pitch his tent. He's going to live right there. Wow. He never probably thought in his wildest dreams that this place that he's going to is about to be blown off the face of the earth. Can you imagine that? You're investing everything and you're, you've hired a moving company and you're changing everything and you're going to a place that's about to be blown off the face of the earth, completely destroyed. Wow. <laughs> Woo. But Lot didn't care. He's too, he's too excited. He's got his way. He got his choice. Wow. My friends, we don't want to be like Lot in the sense of the children of Israel in, uh, in their rebellious state. We don't want to be like that. If God says no, that means no. God told Moses, because of what you've done, uh, you're not going to be able to go into the promised land. And Moses just talked with God over and over. Please, Lord, let me go. Please, Lord, I, uh, let me go. And God finally said, no. You're not going. So my friends, our, our choices, our decisions have consequences. And we don't want to get stuck. You don't want to get tangled up in some kind of a spiritual spider's web. You don't want to get something uh, where you're into it. Now you can't get out of it because God never wanted you into it in the first place. We want to learn these lessons that, for example, if God doesn't want us to have a king, okay, well, God's our king. Uh, it'll just be the way it is. Amen. And we get to keep... Uh, all of our money, get to keep all of our resources and keep our family together. Don't have to, to split all this up and divide it all up and pay taxes out of our ears and out of our nose. <laughs> 
because that's what they ended up having to do. And Solomon took it over the limit. I mean, Solomon taxed the people of Israel uh, uh, unlike anything ever seen before, just wore the people out financially. Wow. Uh, woo, praise the Lord. My, my friends, let the Holy Spirit help you with your prayer life, lest you pursue something and go after something and even expend spiritual energy uh, in prayer with fervency, but there's no accuracy. And you can't really be accurate without the Holy Spirit. Remember, he helps us in our what? Our weaknesses. Our weaknesses. God knows that we're human. We're, we're in a, a, a physical body. And it's uh, easy to be perhaps pulled in a direction that we don't want to go. But as we continue to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, what will happen is you'll pick up that spiritual trail. You'll pick up the God path for your life. And once you've got that, then just... Uh, really begin to pray into that with the fervency and with the help of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? You'll stay on it. And all you do is you just keep walking that uh, every day, every month, every year. You walk it all the way till you go home to be with the Lord and you complete everything that you're called to do and you don't do stuff that, you don't, that you're not called to do. Because even if you do good things, but God never called you to do it, there's no reward. There's zero reward associated with it, even if it was good. Why? Because God cannot reward disobedience. Well, Pastor Steve and I went over there and something good came out of that. Well, God told you not to go over there. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. Amen. And especially, maybe if there's a few of you, you've been hounding God, pressing God, uh, I would just say drop that because if God says no, then it's for your good. There is something about the closer. Now watch this very carefully. The closer you get to the Lord, and I, I pray you understand this. The closer you get to the Lord, the more restrictive it's as if your life becomes. And I'm not saying you don't have freedom. I'm not saying you don't have liberty. You, you can do what you want, but there's an area of pleasing the Lord where there's a lot of things others do. You're just like, um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I have a purpose. I have a destiny. I don't want to ruin it. I don't, I don't even want to be distracted from it. <laughs> Woo, praise God. And you know what? It's not like you're bored. You're happy. You actually enjoy that. You enjoy that nearness. You know, you could be a wild horse. In North Carolina, we have... Uh, a couple of islands that have wild mustangs that run wild. They were abandoned, or not, not really abandoned. Uh, a Spanish galleon sunk during a hurricane. I think most of the men uh, swam to the nearest island, and the horses that were on the ship swam to the island also. The men eventually ended up getting rescued, but they left all the horses. The horses had been there for over 500 years, and you know, they they, um, they mate and they, they populate and things like that. And you, you could say they've got freedom. They've got freedom, and they, they do. They could run anywhere they want. They could do whatever they want, but you know what? There's sickness, there's disease, there's um, all of the problems that go with living out in the wild, food and stuff like that. Or you could be like a stallion, a, a horse that submitted to the master, and you allow him to put the bridle and the reins on. And just with that slight, uh, not even giving the, uh, the reins a pull, but just by lifting that rein, you respond and you begin to turn in the direction of your master. So that's the, 
the, the servant heart. That's where the blessing's at. And the wild horse running wild might say, hey, you're not free like me, but you're like, hey, I might not be able to run around and do all those things you do, but I'm happy and I'm super content and I'm blessed in ways that uh, of safety and protection and provision and joy and communion with God. I, I, I have no, no needs. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Amen. So it's coming under the government of God's kingdom, uh, of God's will, humility, uh, coming under divine authority and saying, Lord, not my will be done, but yours. And the Holy Spirit will help you to pray that out. You know, my wife and I, I believe we could say it with a good heart. Well, I, we know that we're called to be in North Carolina. That's where our base is at. And I believe we'll have our base there until Jesus comes back. But if the Lord were to say, uh, uh, load up everything tomorrow and move to Myanmar, uh, I think, well, I don't know the language. Uh, I don't know this or that, but God said it. And so I'm going to do it. Now, of course, something like that would have to be absolutely uh, revealed by the Lord uh, for something dramatic like that. And I don't anticipate anything like that. But I have found, having been all over the world in ministry, that I could live anywhere. And as long as it's in the center of God's will, I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> Even if there's not a good coffee shop somewhere around. Maybe I'd have to make my own, right? But I'm happy. Praise the Lord. It doesn't take that much to make you happy when you're, when you're in the Lord. Um, you know, uh, there's just something where you realize that we're going to live for all eternity. Life is short. You can't cram it all into one life. It wasn't designed to be like that. So just serve the Lord, accomplish your assignment, do what he wants you to do, and stay very accurate in your prayer life and pray in the Holy Spirit a lot so you stay on that trail and don't deviate. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those that are watching right now that they catch that path, that trail of the Holy Spirit, and they move in that flow. They move in that flow of the anointing of your Spirit, increasing uh, stronger and stronger in authority and divine empowerment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, if anybody is reaching for something, if anybody is reaching for something that you have never intended for them to hold, may they immediately pull back. May they immediately withdraw their hand. Thank you, Father, because even if they get it, it's, it's not going to be good. Now, I thank you for this. In Jesus' name, Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, if you're watching today's message and this is really dealing with your heart and you don't know Jesus, then you need to get your life right with God. You need to make your peace with God today. I want to lead you in a prayer, okay? And if you're watching and you used to be a Christian, but something lured you off the path, way off the path, and you've gotten all tangled up in sin, but you, you want to get your life back with God. Get, get your life right. I want you to pray this prayer also, okay? And God will reach out and restore you and bless you. Praise the Lord. So whether uh, you're a backslider and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, or whether you're lost in your sins and you've never known God and you're ready to come to Jesus right now, I want you to pray this prayer. I want both of you to pray this prayer now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I give my life to you. I'm not going to run wild anymore. Come into my life. 
Save me from my sins. Wash my sins away with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me and help me to pray in the Spirit often. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord heard that prayer. And now you're on the right track. Glory. Glory to God. Well, my friends, let's take some Holy Communion today. Praise the Lord. Grab some uh, grape juice and grab some unleavened bread. And let's pray over it and bless it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you for the bread or for the juice and for the bread. And Father, we bless it right now in the name of Jesus. And as we receive it, we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the Lord's body. We thank you for strength. We thank you for divine empowerment in our prayer lives. We thank you for fervency and accuracy in our prayers. Father, we know that we don't often know what to pray because of our weaknesses. So we thank you for helping us, helping us. Thank you, O oh God, to be accurate. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together of the Lord's body. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, cleansing us from all sins. I pray for anybody watching, Father, that made a move in the wrong direction or grabbed something and pull something into their life that wasn't supposed to be there. Now they're regretting it. I pray that you give them grace. And I pray that you show them what to do to move forward. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive it now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise God. You know, one of the things about the Holy Spirit is that I get a lot of prayer requ requests. And as I bring those requests before the Lord, sometimes I get some that are really urgent. I've had some lately, even from like uh, some prayer requests by intercessors asking me to pray for maybe like a certain pastor or a certain man of God. And they would tell me what the situation is. And I would, in my own private time, pray. And everybody else is praying, Lord, raise him up. And sometimes the Lord tells me, uh, you don't need to pray because he's going to come home. And, uh, you know, there's been a couple of times I've said, well, Lord, why is he coming home? And there's been a few things like the Lord would share with me. And so basically he would tell me, you don't need to pray because the person's coming home. And I don't always go out and try that, explain that to others because not everybody understands that. But every time I would try to pray maybe for that man of God or something, the Holy Spirit would never come and take a hold with me to pray for that person. And there, there's several reasons uh, why that could be. But the bottom line is the secret things, according to Deuteronomy, the secret things belong to the Lord. And so I don't always know why somebody's going to go home. But if they are, and there's nothing I can do about it, then why try to expend all of this energy? And then the person ends up dying. And so he just wasted days and days and days of praying and didn't even do anything. So when the Holy Spirit does not help does not take a hold with me. What am I supposed to do? There's nothing I can do. 
And oftentimes the Holy Spirit even tells me, they're coming home, there's no need to pray. Sometimes I've seen others just continue and pray and pray and pray. Why? They want the person to stay, and I can understand that. Sometimes there, there can be selfish prayers. We don't want the person to leave. Even if the person is 99, Lord, heal them. I've had many prayer requests of people asking me to pray for somebody who was sick. I'd ask them, how old are they? Oh, the person's 88. I'm like, they're 88? Oh, yes, they're, they're right on death's edge. Please pray that God raise them up. I'm like, well, 88, we're, we're all eventually going to die if the Lord doesn't come back in our lifetime. Eventually, we have to let them go. So you see how sometimes our prayers could be very self-centered. They could even become selfish where we don't even want to let a person go. And all they're going to do is go to heaven where there's no pain, no sin, no sadness. Everything is joy and life eternal. Amen. Hallelujah. Let them go on. <laughs> now, if the Lord does want to do a work and it's not their time to go, yes, we'll pray. And we'll trust God to do what only God could do. But again... We don't, we don't know. We have so many weaknesses in prayer, and the only way that you can get accurate and also be effective is really to let the Holy Spirit help you in your prayer time. Amen. Woo, praise God. Well, my friends, let me put up the giving link. If these messages are blessing you, and I trust that they are, I want to encourage you to sow into the ministry. That information is coming up on the screen right now. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab the camera, and uh, I'm going to flip it around so I can show you. I want to walk outside, and I want to show you my view uh, from the uh, balcony that we have just right out here. And I'll take you out there and uh, show you a little bit of the view from Natanya Israel. Okay? I'll catch you in just a second. Okay, my friends, Pastor Stephen here out on the balcony. Hey, we've got a, uh, a parasailer cruising along. And uh, this is the Mediterranean Ocean. Isn't it beautiful? They are rebuilding the, uh, the breakwaters there just a little bit. One of the um, sand dunes just got washed out on the cliff here. And so they're building them back with lots of stones. And uh, here's another paraglider. He's heading out. And this has been fun. They've got their takeoff point just right outside of our hotel here. And uh, looks like a lot of fun. So this, my friends, is Natanya. Whoops, let me pull back a little bit. Natanya, Israel. Right on the Mediterranean, if you continue to go north, uh, you'll come up to Caesarea by the sea, and then you'll hit Aco. Uh, uh, and then if you go south, you go back this way, and you were to go straight down the beach, you would come to Jaffa, which is where Jonah sailed out on his little ship. And then further south would be Tel Aviv. And uh, this is one of the most beautiful places, praise God. And of course, here is the Mediterranean Sea. Very nice and very beautiful, praise God. Getting close to uh, sunset, hallelujah. So we are in the land of Israel, going about and doing good, hallelujah. <laughs> and Pastor Kelly and I, we love you, we're praying for you, believing God's best for you. My friends, as you pray, pray with accuracy, let the Holy Spirit help you, praise the Lord. And you're gonna see God do great things in your life. You're gonna be like those parasailers, you're gonna get some lift on your prayers amen you're not going to stay grounded anymore you're going to begin to go up in the spirit and do the things that god has called you to do and one of the things about answered prayer is that it brings a lot of laughter and a lot of joy amen Woo! thank you lord jesus if it's not of god let it go 
Let it go. Hallelujah. Kiss it. Goodbye. Amen. And don't shed a tear over it either. <laughs> God bless you from the land of Israel. See you back real soon. Bye-bye.